Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. And today, I have the privilege of being in conversation with a voice actor with a passion for content creation. His voice work has appeared on Shadow and Act, The Shade Room, and Baller Alert. His video content has been praised by the likes of Tony Baker, Alan Hughes, and Rosario Dawson. Please welcome Travis Case. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. It's, it's a privilege to be here. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And, um, and I, and I appreciate you making the time. What have you, you know, uh, it's the thing. It's the thing. Like, um, I, I just did a uh, screening the other night and not too many people showed up and I was like, Hmm, supporting the arts. And then it's like <laughs> tumbleweed, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so before we get, you know, too deep into it, uh, let's, let's talk about, you know, some of the, some of the early days, like where'd you grow up? How'd you get started in voice acting? Ultimately, why'd you choose voice acting? Okay. Um, so grew up in Northeast Baltimore, uh, high school, St. Francis Academy and, uh, Morgan state, like those two places among the poetry scene in Baltimore and on around Morgan state DMV, just at large really helped me define my voice. Um, as, as far as it sits in pop culture and in like 2014, um, well, I graduated with English, English and a concentration in journalism. So uh, in 2012 and around 2014, I was like, hey, I really want to talk about um, Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist. And I did like a book review on that. And I tweeted him and, you know, he taught, he, he tweeted back and he, re he retweeted the, my book review of The Alchemist and then threw it on his personal YouTube page. And it was just super dope. Like the video went from like four views to 40 to 4,000. And then it was just like, damn, like, this is dope. Like, I could really, I could really do this. And um, from there, from doing like book reviews and movie reviews, people were like, yo, I will pay you to read to me. I will pay you to read to me. <laughs> and so um, from there, I eventually, I want to say in 2018, took a voiceover slash voice acting class. And um, it's been great, man. I mean, I haven't gotten a ton of work, but like I do enjoy narration. Like my goal is to like to have my voice on a car commercial. You know what I mean? To have my voice on movie trailers. You know what I mean? Um, and I mean literally telling stories. Yep. So that, that's like my 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 thing. Yeah, I, I dig it. I, I think like I became aware of you a little little over a year, probably probably fifteen months ago, or something along those lines when. I went to the screening of uh, Candyman and I saw it was a video that you did that was part of like the trailer. And, <laughs> and I just remember, I was like, all right, who's this dude? And I think I was like already following you, but I was like, okay, dot, 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 dot. That's who this dude is. And, yeah. you know, I thought it was really um, entertaining, informative and enthralling. And I thought it was a good accompaniment for, for the movie and reflective of, I think like, I think it being a it accompanying the the screening, it made it feel like it was a special thing. It was like content related to the actual reason we were there, which I think that's the way you do a screening versus, hey, we got this movie a little early, come and hang out and spend way too much money on it. It's like, <laughs> no, here's something that is from a local creator and it's inside this sort of like creator's community. That was in like Station North and it was a good setup, I thought. Mm -hmm. So 
you, you mentioned the voice acting um, class or what have you. Tell, tell me about that. Like, what was the sort of techniques, the training that you got out of that? Because um, I hear different things. Like, I, I, I remember going to this conference at um, this this talk, rather, it was at um, the, a Blurred Con a couple of years ago. And Bo Billingsley, you know, legendary voice actor was there. And it's one dude that gets up there. He's, you know, kind of brolic and he's doing the big guy voice. And I was like... Your voice is kind of mid, sir. And <laughs> and and Bo kind of caught him on that. He was just like, where's your range, though? He's like, you got a great deep voice, but do you have a range? And mm-hmm. he's doing these sort of exercises, the scales on stage. It was really interesting. So talk to me about some of the training, some of the techniques that you learned to, you know, take it, take make use of your instrument, if you will. Um, I think the, the biggest thing that I took away from that being my first class were like the main Uh, critical questions you know like finding the character and everything because you don't think about it like say for example in a car commercial right people just think you're just saying these words you know um you know the all new honda accord you know like you think you're just saying that like in uh in a cool way but like there's a character in within that uh script and so the main things are uh what do i want why do i want it what am i willing to do to get it Mm. Uh, when is this happening and where, where literally means like, where is this person coming from? It's just like more context. Um, yeah, like that, that is, that is the main thing. I think following those questions and like building, some people don't build character bios, but like, if you were to like really flesh out this person in this voice, I think that helps and it gives more color and more, more, um, history and, and levity to when, when you're speaking. Yeah. It, it adds, it adds depth to it. Um, yes. This is, this is me trolling years ago. Uh, I, I remember going to, it's not, well, I was in character. I'll put it that way. Uh, years ago, I, do you remember that scam that Trump had the, um, I think Trump university or what have you? Yeah. So I ended up falling for that. But I was in like a job that was kind of like, yeah, you should do this. And I was like, sure. You guys going to pay for it? And he's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I went there in character as a British dude. And I tried to maintain this voice the entire time. <laughs> I had oh. on t- tartan pants, a sweater vest. And a girl I was dating at the time, she's like, can you take that voice off? I was like, no, I'm stuck in it. I can't get out of it. <laughs> and I find like even now, um, you know, because people doing doing this, doing a a podcast, audio media, it's like, oh man, your voice is great. I was like, it's my voice varies <laughs> during the course of. I listened to her to arc, and I was like, eh, that was a that was a weird day I had there. It was a little transatlantic day. <laughs> so, tell me about your first acting gig. Um, what was that experience like? Tell me about the nerves. Tell me about or lack of nerves. Tell me about like what that was. Set the stage for us. Um ironically my first my first gig well it's it's a 2020 is kind of meshing all together um well i had i had uh i was basically reading love letters one gig i was basically reading love letters um for this documentary in this in the escapes but it's a super dope documentary talking about black love through the centuries And um, and I was reading selections from like several different writers and um, the documentary was in like crunch time. It was like the fourth quarter. And um, a lot of times 
for voiceover and voice actor, we are the last people to get hit on the rung. Do you know what I mean? The visuals and the uh, SFX, all of that is optimal. The, 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 um, like the script and everything. And then they come to the artist last. So mm. it was like the last couple of days and I had my makeshift booth, you know, um, <laughs> you know, back home. And I just had to, you know, I just had to get it done. And it was very nerve wracking because I had to do a couple of do overs because it was very much not just different voices, if you will, but just like different perspectives, you know, loving different people, you know what I mean? And how these writers communicated that. Yeah. But another one, um, ironically, was on Clubhouse. I did, uh, I played John from Waiting to Exhale in, in a redo of Waiting to Exhale audio version. And um, this is blasphemous, yeah. but I've never fully seen Waiting to Exhale. And so by the time I got the role of John, I uh, didn't watch it. I, I watched I watched one of the main scenes and that was really it. Now that now that's that's interesting. Like uh I haven't done much like in that sort of space. Like I've had a few acting things here and there. And it, it is interesting to try to get a feel and what the motivation is. And you know, sometimes like some of these calls that come out, it's just I need someone to do a thing, say a line. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I don't have any background in this. Like and and actually going to um a project for background work and it's just like yo what are you what are you wearing what are you, what are you dressed it's like really somebody dissecting you and i was like this is a very weird environment so having that sort of visual uh, physical component to it but when it gets to the voice thing it, it's interesting to like where's the motivations come from how do you get into what that person might be thinking especially if it's i think of I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I think mm-hmm. of that. That's immediately what I think of when it has that sort of narration component. I was like, this, this is a person. Like, you know, how are you doing this? How are you bringing this to life? And I find that, and I go, and I go to D. Watkins when I um, listen to uh, um, Black Boy Smile and having mm-hmm. having him do it, it added something different to it. It is just someone ultimately reading it but adding some like like richness to it some some um to it it's like oh this feels much different yeah yeah i mean and and i think the main thing one of the main differences between i haven't had a lot of like um what do you call it like on camera acting gigs but like a lot of people again just think you're just talking cool when you're voice acting um, a lot of times you have to move your body <clears throat> to communicate a certain thing. You know what I mean? As, as you know, like you have, you have to move your body and to like, you know, sometimes if I'm doing something and it sounds like a whisper, I'll actually like crouch and like get into, imagine me talking into somebody's ear to kind of like make that feel real. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, you know, if a character is hiding, there's nothing wrong with, literally like in your booth in that confined space hiding yeah, yeah. and saying what you need to say you know what i mean um it's all about like tricking your mind to make it feel real and, and making that real for the listener mm-hmm. you know people just think you're just standing up and you're just you know doing whatever but 
Not just <laughs> this is why me as a voice actor would be wild because I'm six four and this is like oh I'm crouching it's like oh you're breaking stuff sir sir less <laughs> it's like oh and then the studio was attacked by Godzilla um, <laughs> but but there there were two things that come to mind when you mentioned that um, one is um, some of the I guess the voice work because a lot of times when you're looking at like a movie that's like visual component or what have you, you think that, Oh, all the sound is already there. A lot of that stuff is done in post. And yeah. I think of Hugh Jackman running like that scene in Logan where he's running through the woods and he's into it. Like he, you think he's on a track and I'm like, Oh yeah, you got to really capture this like component. So as we move into, and this is where I feel a lot of gigs are going to start popping up for you moving into this sort of space of audio dramas, which they were around in the fifties and before, right. But we're coming yeah. back to them. Uh, I feel that you, you have to like, what are you bringing in there more than just, yeah, you know, I did this and this is the sound and all of that. And the other thing I think of when you describe, like, you know, you might, you know, crouch down and so on. I think of sorry to bother you. I think of that almost immediately. Ah, uh, yeah. 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 You're yeah, really yeah. getting into it. And some of the advice, you know, as a as a proud Morgan State alum, you know, yeah. that whole thing. And they say uh, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And when you're doing an interview and it can be like as we're doing like a Zoom right now, be like, oh, I got to put this tie on. I feel like it's a different um, there's a different energy there. And you present and you project in a different way. And I think that's all tied to, you know, this like I'm doing right, right now, gesticulating. All of that is is a tie is tied to it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, like I've been told so many things like I can't wait to actually do like an in physical old school, like 80s, 90s audition, like in front of people. But like I've been told from like, for example, watching Samuel Jackson's masterclass, he's like, yo, if you're going on uh, um, an audition. Don't dress in a costume like they'll give you a costume if you get the job. But then I've heard people say, yo, dress in costume. So you can actually feel like that person, like, like, for example, I'm sorry to bother you. They, that was a very much stiff environment. I imagine like if I'm doing the voiceover version for it, I'm going to put on an actual shirt and tie and I'm going to button it all the way up. Like, so I can barely move my neck. Like that was kind of like that call center environment. Like it was very like, uh, uh, stuffy, you know yeah. what I mean? So, um, yeah, I've heard I've heard so many things, man. I feel like there's no wrong way to 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 skin a cat. Yeah. You know, like one of my favorite stories is um Mahershala Ali, how he got the true detective gig or or role when that character was actually written as an older white man. Mm -hmm. But like Mahershala Ali went in there and did his thing and it was like, oh no, like you're the character. We're rewriting this character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know. I fight this wrong way, you know. I, I remember the thing with uh, Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones. It's like, yeah, he, you're supposed to be playing someone that's sick and you're tired and he happened to have like a stomach bug. So it's like, oh, this is just coming through. This is a masterclass of performance. No, I'm actually ill. <laughs> <laughs> I never heard that story. That's hilarious. <laughs> It's, it's almost like you wanted to be a bit. It's like, yeah, man, I was just really method. And I got like on heroin for a little bit for this role. It's like, are you sure? Are you sure about that, bro? <laughs> so, what when 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 you have a when you have a when you have work that comes in? How how does when you're working on a project, you have work come in? 
how does that look from like a typical day? Like, how does that day start? Because I, I want to get a like a, a sense of, you know, doing voiceover work, doing voice acting work. What does that look like in a given day? Like you got a project, you know, you're working on something. Is it like, you know, we need we need you to be on this system. We need you to have like your 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 home booth set up. What does that look like? Um. So my brother, Theo, uh, shout out to Theo, helped me build my booth. Um, and it was basically a, like piping that we got and cut um, from Home Depot, um, sound dampening blankets, packing blankets. Um, and a lot of the times, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it would be, I don't know how entertaining it is to watch somebody actually do voice voiceover, but like for commercials and stuff, it was literally just me going into the booth and recording it and then sending it off. And like, do y'all mm. like this or not? You know what <laughs> I mean? Do you like it? Do you like it? I mean, and then there are the live um, uh, recording sessions where you'll have the producer or the director or the creative director in your ear mm-hmm. and they'll be on over Zoom or Discord and they will be able to hear your takes you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, like, okay, like you gave the happy take, give me the sad take or give me the more dramatic take, you know what I mean? Or put a more emphasis on this word, you know? Um, it's it's very much being able to, excuse me, it's very much being able to take coaching, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I would say leave your ego at the door because people, um, those engineers, well, engineers, directors, they're very cut and dry a lot of times. They're like, yeah, can you give me this? Can you give me yeah. that? Can you give me they, this? And they know they know what they need too. I mean, yeah. And it's I would imagine it's it's execution. It's you know, it's like I need this. And you're I guess when it comes to like direction and things of that sort and that sort of coaching, I think there's two sides to it. You have the why, you have people that are focused on the why and people that are focused on the how. And I think mm you know, the director, the engineer, whoever, they're why people, you know, they're like, I, this is, this is what I need. You're, you're you're in that spot or an actor's in that spot of the how, like I need this tone for this particular scene or, or this uh, part of the story to feel sad, to feel maudlin. And they, they know why they want that. So as as far as the actors, as far as even the people doing the score in the background, all of that has to be in unison. And it's like, mm-hmm. you can't be like, yeah, guys, let's do it. And you hear like the sad piano in the background. It's like, who did this? Who who put this together? How did this get greenlit? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but but then then there's Source Connect, which is also live, mm-hmm. I, which I don't have Source Connect yet. And I need I need to get that because that is a key part for the remote setup. So I need to get that as well. So 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 what is that, though? Because I, I, I'm not familiar. I'm looking it up now. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I believe it's like a software that... Um, that again allows them to. I don't know if they're recording. I don't know. I don't know exactly how to do it, but that's that's a big thing. I don't know if they're recording you live, or is it just like another software where they they can hear you and like clear it and give you those that live feedback. That's but good. It could be all of that, to be honest. That's that's good because I mean, as, as we know with the uh, Zoom over the last few, it's like yeah. So um, Travis, I need you. I need you to do another <laughs> take with. If you could put a little bit. It's like wow. I'm sure someone's <laughs> listening to this is like, come on, Rob. Can you can you not troll? I feel like you're just losing it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 
what what would you say is um what sticks out in terms of like a a a, a lot of takes for you? Because um I'll tell you this, you know, before we got started, when I did my my uh, my intro. I mm-hmm. always fumble the intro when I have the guests on. So I've been recording it beforehand because I know I can do my eight takes or what have you to kind of get it right. Um, and no one on the back end knows um, unless I say <laughs> it like I just did. So when you got a like a you know a project or what have you, what is like a lot of takes or something that sticks out for you in terms of the number of takes or difficulty or ease maybe in doing um, you know some some dialogue, some voiceover work, some voice acting. Um, what was what sticks out for me? Like, if if possible, I try to do it either, um, in the morning or really late at night because, like, I find that my my mind is out of the room or I care less. I feel like when I'm in the stage of caring less, my execution is better because it's just it's just again it's just more natural. Like, literally takes for me after take three is my sweet spot because like that first take is just like uber stiff and i'm just like saying where my voice is that second take i'm like all right maybe and then like <laughs> by by three on i'm like okay like we starting to get there like we starting to build it. i actually kind of like this mm. um um but yeah like a lot of the stuff that i go for like you said the brother earlier when we were talking my wheelhouse is my lower registry. Like I can do other things and I am working on other things, but like the wheel that, but that's also literally my favorite thing to do. You know what I mean? Like I love the Don LaFontaine old school (laughs) movie trailer. You know what I mean? Like summer blockbuster thing. That's, that's my, that's why I love this shit. You know (laughs) what I mean? That, that is my thing. Like being in the movies and hearing those trailers, um, that is like my whole uh, world. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I hope I hope that answers your question. No, 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 no. I think you did. And um, one, of, one of the things that I would like to see more of is people like yourself, like doing it. Like I think, you know, people go for these at times. This is, and I could be completely wrong here, but mm-hmm. go for these sort of like heavy, large swings, going for the home run every time. I need to run a show. It's like, <laughs> no, you may want to look at doing voice acting. Like, you know, think about, I, I think about representation. I, I did this panel recently. I moderated a panel and it was about diversity in media. And, um, you know, and I go back to that Bo Billingsley example I mentioned. Bo Billingsley is like 70, so I'm almost 80. So, <laughs> If we're doing more content, we have black anime now, for sake of argument. We have, you know, cartoons. We have, like, a need for that sort of diversity. Can't all be, like, you know, the same person. It has to yeah. be, like, different people. So it's, like, what it, what advice, if you will, would you give for people who want to, like, take an interest in, like, voice acting, voiceover work, content creation, things of the sort? Because I think more people need to look at that as a viable option versus I need to be in front of the camera. Anything else is uncivilized. <laughs> That's a deodorant commercial. It's fine, but you get my point. Yeah. I, I, I would just say, I would say take a class to see, um, track down and research great teachers, you know, good to great teachers and see if this is something that you really want to do because it's not, people always, again, think about the final product. It's not as glamorous, like the making of it um, is not as glamorous as people would imagine it to be. So I would say get into classes, 
find your technique, find your wheelhouse. Um, I forgot exactly what it's called, but the uh, the roles that you would be most fitted for, even on camera and behind the mic. Are you the college student? Are you the scientist? Are you the detective? Are you the announcer? Um, there's just so many places that you can go with voiceover, even when you call the bank. That voices that you hear that walks you through the entire thing, that's voiceover. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so there's so many routes uh, that you can go where your voice will be welcomed and appreciated, you know, so... What, what I would really like to see is sort of that regional dialect, regional accent, do all of that sort of work. It's like, this is the lottery brought to you by like some dude from West Baltimore. It's like, yo, he said dummy 10 times. Oh, shit. that's that's what I actually want. This is this is why I'm asking for diversity. I want to go to a place. I want to go to New Orleans and someone says, uh, get that smoke sausage, baby. I, I want someone to do that whole thing. <laughs> I want all of the things there. That's that's diversity and representation for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know what? I think it comes to that because the more um, streaming networks that we have, like mm -hmm. all of these podcasts, like you said, yeah. um, audio dramas, like people are looking for that authenticity. It doesn't make sense. Like even from a news standpoint, I mean, granted, Anywhere you go, like you said, like, for example, in New Orleans, you're going to hear that person, even if they're from New Orleans, speak as if they're from New York or Boston or Vermont. You know what I mean? But it does make so much sense if I'm in New Orleans to have somebody speak to me in my dialect, my voice. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, I, I remember watching this uh, documentary on like linguistics years ago and like accents and things like that. And. I was looking for the the Baltimore one because you know I'm I'm from Baltimore and I'm told that I don't have one and I was like okay I was like I, I say too I was like look man I like salt pepper ketchup what are you saying and uh, <laughs> and I get defensive and um but I, but I I read that um and they they mentioned in the doc that the general quote unquote accent like the uniform accent is like a specific part of Connecticut. That's like the uniform tone and accent or what have you that people are looking for. So even when uh, uh, someone um, is not that they're, they're playing an American or they're playing someone with that sort of this is what the training is on. This is what the voice coach is doing. Yeah, and it's like interesting. And I, I'll tell you this before I move into because I got some rapid fire questions for you. I got to hit you with okay. um, whenever I see certain British for certain Britishes. I like to say it like that. Uh, when I see them doing a southern accent, it is it is nails on a chalkboard. Mm. Like mm. not all of them, but a few of them. I'm like, yo, can your voice coach kind of help you out with this? Like, <laughs> and you know, I think being more aware of it, and you just hear, it and you're just like, this doesn't ring true. This is not your thing. Um, and sometimes it works. Like I think of Knives Out, right? Like, um, uh, who's who's the dude? Uh, Daniel Craig. Chris yeah 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 he's playing foghorn leghorn it's fine it works but in prometheus and idris elba is playing like some dude from the south it didn't at all mm -hmm. it's like you're a good actor like what do we got what, what, what is here and i think that that again speaks to you know they could have hired someone because it's not a a role that requires an Idris Elba for a sake of argument. You could have hired mm. someone that is reflective of that area, but who's auditioning for it? And I think 
as content, you know, as we've touched on before, is leaning more into can you do this remotely? You know, be aware of the software, as you said, you know, talk to good to great coaches and take those sort of classes. They're not super expensive either, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really depends on how accomplished the coach is <laughs> usually in their, their current clientele. That usually determines, of course, like what they're charging. But you can find like great coaches who are just cheap because they want to um help people out you know what i mean and like they they love what they do so like it's trying to find that medium ground i actually was introduced to a slew of coaches out here who are pretty pretty damn expensive <laughs> i mean but but they but they are that accomplished though you know what i mean yeah. and, and if they catapulted people so if yeah i I get my money right <laughs> so, so this is this is one question that i got for you and this will be the last real question um okay. three to five years what are you doing well, great question. Three to five years. Um, I want to have some documentaries under my belt and I want to be living off of voiceover content creation and on camera work, just like in, in those three spheres. Um, and yeah, I probably will have uh, uh, one of those large dogs, man, like on the Akita dog, uh, um, one of those behemoth. I just like man majestic looking creatures, man. I grew up on He Man, you know. <laughs> so I want like one of those. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that a dog or did I just crawl out of Lord of the Rings? Like, I want one of those in my house. I, know, I dig so. it. It's like I need yeah. a Battle Cat. Um, I, don't care, <laughs> I don't care if the saddle fits. You know, <laughs> toys that made us. Shout out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I want a Shiba Inu. So we're going to say I'm, I'm going to name him Shinsuke, you know, after a wrestler. It's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to rock some uh, rapid fire questions with you. Um, I got four of them. And um, I, th I think you'll like them. And, and don't overthink them. Don't overthink them. Um, okay. uh, let's see. Um, since you mentioned He-Man, I might as well start off with this one. Um, let's say there is a gig for a reboot of a classic cartoon. Okay. Which role do you want to play and what cartoon would it be? Damn. Um, great question. I'm not going to lie to you, man. I would like to give Negro Batman a shot. I'm not going to lie to you, bro. I would like to give. <laughs> Oof. Also, RIP. RIP Kevin Conroy. Yes. RIP to Kevin Conroy. Um. That I mean that that would be that would be great or what have you because like I've heard a few dudes do some voice. I was like, you're not bad, man. <laughs> you're like, I I know that you're you you do it. You're a professional, you know. I, I'll talk talk look at people. I was like, yeah, you're somebody else. <laughs> um, favorite snack because I always like to, I like to, I always like to get into like what people eat. Favorite snack, man. Um, I don't know. I feel like Snickers is default because I feel like. I feel like Snickers is like the knee along of like candy bars. Very black. Like, like it's very, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if, but you know what? I will say this. If we're not including candy bars, boom, chicka pop, the sweet and salty kettle corn. Okay. That's my, that's my, that's my jam. And I like that. I like that. I'm a white cheddar guy, but I, I like the kettle corn. You know what? The Chicago mix. I've never had the Chicago mix. So it's, it's like, it's like caramel and it's like cheddar. Half and half. Uh, Just see, that idea. That you idea right there. Yeah. I'm, I might have to grab some from Target today. I'm actually going to Target today. So yeah. that might be it. Uh, 
because I mentioned what I do in the beginning of this, what is a word you hate pronouncing because you inevitably just botch it? That I hate pronouncing. I have a lot of trouble with decision. I think I have like a low key lisp. So when I be, when I get to the sizz, yeah, you may be messing me up, man. Like, like, oh my gosh. At least you haven't run into any of the Baltimore things. It's like, yeah, say two, bro. Like, <laughs> I thought I thought we were I thought this was actually fun. What what are we doing here, bro? Uh, yeah. yeah, I I run into a few, and I and I, I saw something. It's a uh, term that um, I'm blanking on the term, but it's when people transpose um, the letters for certain words, like um, instead of comfortable, they call it comfortable or what have you, or instead of ask, uh-huh. they call it axe. And yeah. it's it's a it's a transpose, but it's not like being dyslexic or something on those lines, it's it's a regional thing, apparently. And it's like, this is the way it was learned. And I sometimes have trouble if I'm, if I learn it the um, incorrectly initially, mm-hmm. that's just what it is. That's just what it is moving forward. I have a buddy, I just call him D because I learned his name incorrectly and it stuck. And I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to figure this out. I was like, I'm terrible. I don't want to add to. Yeah, meet me and D at this place. I hope to <laughs> never have to do an advertisement, especially for like one of those German beers. Oh my god, it's just going to be me botching it. Oh no, nah, bro. Yeah. It's it's if 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 I try to pronounce like a long German name, it's going to sound like cuneiform, man. Like verbal cuneiform. <laughs> like <laughs> try to pronounce some of the different drug names that are out there. Like uh, Lexapro. Oh shoot. Uh, I don't know, bro. Um, okay, this is the last one I got for you. Um, what has gotten you further in your career, street smarts or book smarts? What do we count internet smarts as, book or street? Depends on how you use it. <clears throat> if if you're out here doing a scam bobble on the internet, that's, that's street smarts. If you uh, if you're like, let me just text, you know, type this in real quick and do this code, that, that's probably book smarts. Okay, all right. Uh... It could be a hybrid. Like I just found out. I mean, granted, the algorithm keeps changing on every platform over and over and over again. It's like once it's like a Rubik's cube that keeps moving. But um, I found out on the internet is as a content creator, um, grabbing something that someone's already familiar with and putting your own spin on it is kind of like the perfect concoction. It's it's it's, it's like hearing Lupe Fiasco over. Um, that they reminisce over you beat. It's like, mm. you know, you have this reference for Troy, um, but then one of your favorite MCs, one of the best MCs ever, does it. And it's just like, oh, oh my God. You know what I mean? Um like and also, finally. <laughs> yes, yes. And uh and 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 compression. Like my 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 favorite thing to do is like to take a long form thing and make it five minutes, to take a 10 minute mm. thing, make it four, to take a 30 minute thing and make it 15. Um I feel like that is the best way to attack the attention span of the audience now. It's just like, how can you compress it? How can you say it quicker? How can you say it better? But just like make it quick. You know what I mean? So like I love that. I love that. That is my that is my whole spiel. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, with that, I think that's a good spot for us to um to wrap on. So I want to thank you for being on this podcast, taking the time. And um, two, I want to invite and encourage you to tell the fine folks where to check you out, your content, and to follow you on social media. The floor is yours. Thank you, sir. Uh, I am at I am Travis Case on everything, on TikTok, Instagram, I believe on Facebook, and um, what is the other one? Twitter. 
yeah, feel free. I am Travis Case. Um, yeah, that's where, that's where I'm at with it. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Travis Case for coming over here and having a conversation with me about his work and creative interests. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art, creativity, acting. And around your neck of the woods, you just got to look for it.